0: With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast where we
1: explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy
0: Zachary and April Callahan. Cass, I would like to start off today's fashion history mystery with an apology because I might sound weird or very tired, and that is because I am extremely (laughs) jet-lagged.
1: Yeah, welcome back from the future, April. You were a day ahead of us in Australia.
0: Yeah, I was. And I've been in Australia the last week or so. i um, spending time at the National Gallery of Victoria, which is in Melbourne. And I was actually there for um, to give a lecture on International Women's Day. So it was fabulous. Um, the lecture was in conjunction with a amazing exhibition that they have on view right now, which is called the Christina Campbell Pretty Fashion Gift. So Christina uh, Campbell Pretty um, is an Australian one. Um, who put on a lovely cocktail party for us. Thank you very much. Uh, but it, she's been, over the last few years, donating really significant pieces of couture, ranging from all the way from Charles Frederick Worth all the way to Alexandra McQueen. And she has donated about 250 pieces, and a large portion of those are on view right now. So if you happen to be in Australia or visiting soon, go check that show out. It's it's really, really lovely.
1: I know. It looked really incredible. I can't wait to see more of your photographs from your time there.
0: Yeah. And and oddly, it was really funny because the other day you posted a picture on your art of dress Instagram of a boy, sir, a robe to steel. Oh, I know. That's one of the pieces in the show, and you had no idea.
1: (laughs) I had no idea. It was quite
0: fortuitous. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that is not our subject matter today, through and through. We are actually going to answer a question that several of our listeners posed to us. Cass, do you want to tell everybody what it is? Yeah. So
1: we had a lot of listener messages after the Grammys this year, in which the rap singer Cardi B wore a vintage Terry Mugler, I mean, Venus gown. Is that how we're going to describe it? Yeah. It's an incredible ensemble, and people wanted to know more about that dress and more about the designer behind it. Yes.
0: So basically today we are going to answer the question, who is Terry Moogler? Uh, he was actually born in 1949 in Strasbourg, And um, he was not the best student, not super into school, but as a teenager, he uh, turned professional as a ballet dancer, which I thought was really fascinating. I didn't know that backstory until I started researching him to, to answer this question a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And it really makes sense when you start getting into his designs and how much his work became this performance art later in his career. That really comes into play. But that's one of my favorite things about him as well. And how he started making clothes as a teenager, as a young man, before his uh, ballet career, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he started, um, he, he worked as a professional dancer and t- for about six years. Um, and then the early 70s, he began freelancing as a designer um in first in Paris, then he did spent some time in London, some time in Milan. Um, and and basically like he really felt like or still feels like that his dance career really informed the way in which he thinks about the body. And he has this one great quote, which I thought was really interesting. He says, fashion is an everyday personal theatrical production.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I guess he debuted his first collection in Paris in 1971 under the label Café de Paris. And his first collection under his own name debuted in 1973. But this is a really cool fact, April, that I was not aware of. Did you know that Azzedine Elia worked
0: under him in these early years? I did not know that, but that now makes... Absolute perfect sense Mm -hmm. to me, because they're very much into that same sort of like body conscious, like sculptural type of of fashion.
1: Yeah, so Thierry Mugler, um, he actually goes by Manfred today, but he was one of the progenitors of what we would call power dressing for women um so these highly structured silhouettes with these strong shoulders and shapes but also as april said this really body conscious clothing and he really viewed it as harnessing the power of femininity women using clothing as armor
0: yeah absolutely and and very sculptural i would say some of these things just think sculptural theatrical over the top Absolutely. And, and, and one of the things as I was going back and looking at some of his runway shows from the past is it immediately started evoking a little bit of Alexander McQueen to me. Right. In the way in which his fashion shows were really kind of staged as theater. You know, it wasn't just clothes coming down the runway. There's always like this bigger idea or kind of like performance that's like in association with his clothes. Yeah. And speaking of, a lot of his fashion shows are on
1: YouTube. So yesterday, I watched the 95-96 Fall Winter Couture Collection. It's a 45-minute extravaganza on YouTube. It is incredible. It's fashion performance at its finest. I highly recommend watching this video. I mean, talk about theater and drama, April. Yeah. You have glamazons like... Tippy Hedren, Vrushka, Carmen Dallarafice <laughs> making cameos.
0: Carmen just keeps coming up on dress lately, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, she is so incredibly beautiful and such a, a living legend. Um, she's been modeling since the 1950s, which we just talked about in our Tony Vacato episode this week. But just, it's so cool. He really experiments with technology and non traditional materials. So, about 45 minutes. In is the debut of a silver cyborg woman. Mm -hmm. Vogue called it a frightening and tantalizing image for the dawn of the internet age and a fitting end for this list of the 90s most unforgettable fashion shows. So check it out. And I'm actually wrong about the 45 minutes. I think the silver cyborg woman debuts a little bit earlier. At 45 minutes is when we see the Venus dress that Cardi B wore on the red carpet this year.
0: Yes, and it's the Venus dress. It's from that same collection, which was um, titled the Winter Circus Collection. And it wasn't only that dress that Cardi wore that night that was by Moogler. Her two other ensembles that she wore as well on stage, she had a, a white fringe dress that had Long white gloves that had fringe on them as well. And then also she wore a sheer black bodysuit with a purple cape. And one of the things that's hilarious is that the black gloves that accompany this ensemble, they had to make her new ones because her nails are so long. Yeah, She's really known for these long,
1: extravagant <laughs> nails. So that was really incredible. <laughs> and what's really cool is she collaborated directly with the Mugler archives in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, the archive consists of over 7,000 pieces. So Mugler hasn't been designing um, since the early 2000s, but his, his archive is still um, alive and well. And what was really cool is Cardi B, she won first female solo artist. Um, she was the first female solo artist to win the Grammy for Best Rap Album. And she did it in mm-hmm. vintage Terry Mugler.
0: Yes. So if you want to learn more about this collaboration between um, the Moogler Archive and Cardi B, you can do so actually because Vogue created a whole like short documentary about the process of them working together. And um, it's on YouTube also, which which is great. Check it out. And, and the last thing I want to say about this, well, I have a couple of things to say, but this is actually only the second time that the Moogler brand has opened up their archives to dress a celebrity. And uh, the last time this happened was actually for Beyonce's I Am World Tour in 2009. She, she wore a bunch of Moogler and he served as one of the creative artistic directors for that entire tour.
1: Right. And again, um, celebrities wearing archival Mugler pieces happened recently with the debut of Thierry Mugler Couturissime exhibition at the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts, which opened on March 2nd. Kim Kardashian um, has been wearing Mugler um, for a couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe as a possible advertisement for the show. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. Page Six said, thanks to Kim Kardashian and Cardi B, Thierry Mugler is having a moment, and I want to say correction, they are wearing that because he is having a moment and an exhibition and because he's an incredible designer that people still really respond to to this day.
0: Yes. So if you are in Canada or visiting Montreal, go check that exhibition out. It's up as Cass said through September. Yeah. It features
1: 140 haute couture and ready to wear garments dating from 1972 to 2001, as well as his stage costumes and accessories from his uh, extensive career. Designing for theater. Yes, absolutely. The question is, how do we get to all of these exhibitions at once? I guess we cannot. So we depend on you, our listeners, to go see these for us and tag us and report, please. Yes.
0: Is there any other fashion history news that you think we should discuss this week, Cass? I've been in Australia, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't been paying as close attention as I usually do.
1: Well, I have a little bit of news. I just found out I was accepted into a PhD program
0: in <gasps> history. Congratulations. Yeah. Soon to be Dr. Zachary.
1: Yes. So I'm very excited about that. I'm going to be studying um, the history of colonialism and clothing, um, fashionable clothing specifically in New Mexico. There's this really unique intersection of, of cultures, Hispanic, um, Anglo-American, and Native American that exists in New Mexico since the 19th century. Um, the Spanish and Native American relationship, if you want to call it that, has, goes back to the 16th century. And I really want to explore the ways in which clothing is kind of this visual manifestation of colonialism. So I'm really excited and grateful for that opportunity. So more to come on that.
0: Yay, I can't wait. And you're actually going to be here visiting me in a couple days. Yes, Friday is
1: going to be, I'm going to be moderating a panel at the Fashion Institute of Technology with the graduate program there of, you guessed it, fashion and museum studies. And that graduating class's exhibition is on Trap Hagen uh, School of Fashion, which was my thesis topic. in in grad school. So I'm very excited to be teaching people about Ethel Traphagan. We might hear more about that coming
0: up. In an upcoming episode. Absolutely. So I think that does it for this week for our Fashion History Mystery. Please tune in um, next Tuesday for our full-length episode. Um, And if you have a question that you would like to pose to us for one of our Fashion History Mystery episodes, you can email us at dressed at iheartmedia.com or you can also alternately direct message us on Instagram at dressed underscore podcast. Thank you everyone for
1: tuning in and we will catch you on Tuesday.